coast and throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointers. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. We are back with another Coast to Coast episode. We're here on a Wednesday night. Ronan, you're burning the midnight oil. We're going to talk a few things here. We're going to keep it nice and short, short and sweet. First, the sermon. How you doing? It's good to see your face. Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited for uh, for what we're, we're about to talk about. It's uh, new, new segments for the show, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have a bit of fun with this. Yeah, man, so we're not... We're not here for any money advice. We're not here for any uh, investing advice. But we're gonna talk. Uh, what what stock should we buy? Be buying here in the NBA? Where should we panic? Where should we be excited? And I, I think we got to talk a little panic right here. And and of course, as we're planning this episode, I feel like just about every content creator, radio host, and podcaster decides to drop a panic or not panic uh, segment today. So um, looks like this is probably just gonna be us talking about. Talking about this. this is going to be a little bit of an inundated subject, but everybody's talking about it, and we got to start here. What's up with Dame? What 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 time is Dame time? If uh, if he's going, what was it? Uh, two for nine from three the other night. Uh, it's uh, it's it's rough going for Dame in terms of the Trailblazers. I'd I'd say not panic, but in terms of Dame, I'm I'm kind of on the edge here, which is a crazy thought to have. In my head, he keeps say, he's saying he's saying all the right things. Uh, that that comment that he that he made, uh, saying that this is the time that he he really gets to show his true colors and sh- show his his true ability. But this is so far off what Dame Lillard has been for his entire career. Probably this is probably even close to being worse than probably his rookie year, which is uh, which is a little a a little bit uh, a little bit crazy. I mean, he's averaging. Uh, 18 and a half points, four boards, nine assists. It's not terrible when you're Dame Lillard. It's pretty terrible. And it's even more terrible when he's shooting 35% from the field and just 23% from three. It's a, it's a weird one for Dame right now. And I'm closer to, to panic than I ever thought I would be when it came to Damian Lillard. Well, at least in the world of stocks, you, you look at it and you say, has anything fundamentally changed here? that I should continue to worry. And when I look at his shot diet, when I look at where he's taking his shots, is it within the flow of the offense? Is it normally what he's doing? Is there any added defensive pressure? And all these answers are no's. And I mean, you can come up with a million reasons why we could think of, uh, you know, he had some injuries playing the playoffs in the Olympics, I'm sorry. Um, So maybe there's some sort of like Olympics hangover we got going on, but nothing has changed about where he's taking his shots. but, but I, I won't just throw away the, the Dame issue right away because that's the star of the show. That's, that's the heart of the Trailblazers' success. They live and die by Dame. But I will say it is even more concerning how bad they've continued to be on defense, especially with Nurkic healthy. You got the additions of Nance and Plumlee. You got Nasir Little playing more advanced minutes. Um, so you have some reasons to expect for this defense to be better, if not just the lineups, but also because of Billups. He's been preaching defense. He's been preaching effort. He's been preaching new scheme for defense. And how's that improvement going? Last year, they were fifth worst in defending the three. Chalker, they're now second worst in opposing three points made. And it's the same percentage as last year. Pretty early goings. So maybe you're not panicked. Which is something to keep an eye on. Same thing with defensive rating. 
second worst in the league, same as last year. Only thing that's improved marginally has been opposing paints in the point, which you better hope it's going to happen again with Nurkic, Nance, and Plumlee out there. So, yeah, I'm worried about Dame. It looks, a li- it, but it to me, it just looks like a slump. You know, you, you have a lot of these players coming in fresh and they get hot starts and it all looks like they're going to be the best players that they've ever been. But the opposite usually isn't indicative as well. And I'm not going to give up on Dame when nothing has fundamentally changed about how he's playing right now. Yeah, I think think that's that's probably fair. Well, no, it's more it's more than fair when it's Damian Lillard. But I mean, the in terms of just the the, the Blazers as a whole, it, it's been a kind of up and down start. They've had a three and four record, but in terms of wins, they've beaten the Suns by twenty nine points, the Clippers by by nineteen, and the Grizzlies by twenty. But they've also got battered by the Los Angeles Clippers, lost by 12 to the Hornets and lost by 10 to a Sixers team without Embiid, without Simmons and without Tobias Harris. So yeah. it's really, it's yeah, really kind that, of that one was bad. growing pains. Like. <laughs> and, and let's, I, mean, I, want, I want to go right from there to, to one thing for the 76ers real quick, because Embiid had a rest day, right? It's just weird. Do, do most rest days include uh, knee MRIs, or is that just maybe I haven't been doing just, my just rest MB. days right? <laughs> <laughs> so just a pretty uh, innocuous uh, rest day for their knee injury plagued star. Um, I, I don't. I don't want to say panic, but I, I, I bet a lot of seventy sixes fans are panicking right now because I mean they just watched him put up a heroic effort, but clearly hobbled last postseason and my question at the beginning of the season was you know how sustainable is their success going to be if mb is not healthy he's already missing games yeah i think they'll be they'll be relieved when they said no no serious damage off the mri but when it's Embiid, anything other than he's 100 percent healthy you're gonna worry that's that's just the way it's, it's always gonna be unfortunately yeah and simmons clearly no return in sight not sure if that's uh, even a panic anymore, but um, at, at least making our way back to the Trailblazers real quick. Um, you know, I, I think our end, I think our end verdict, I mean, has to be that Dame is fine. It, it's not fine right now in this very moment, but it, we're not going to predict that a season is going to continue like this. But I really wonder where is the improvement going to come from on defense? Because that, that's really just been the, that's been the difference between them being just a successful regular season team and making it in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, 2019 with Dame just going off, we thought that that might've been their year. Maybe that was the start. That was the first step for them really kicking on and, and turning this Dame time in, uh, in Portland into a championship contender. But since then they, they've been unable to kick on and now, they changed the coach. They've, they've they've brought in a new kind of uh, sort of different on the offense. I think there's just a little bit more ball movement outside of that. It's not too different, but I think they want they want to improve the defense, and that's that's got to be what they're going to do, or they're going to end up as going out in the first round yet again. And I feel like they're very similar places as a couple of the teams we're talking about here. Um, one of which I had the privilege to watch the other night. Amazing game seeing the Celtics and the Bulls in the garden. It's my first game actually back since uh pandemic started. So just to see the fans reactions live and, and everything happening right in front of you. It, it's just a feeling I haven't had in so long. And it's funny. I actually got a text while I was in the stadium about the game and I immediately was thinking, Oh my God, I'm, I'm streaming this. I'm going to get some sort of spoiler. And I realized I'm literally at the game, <laughs> but it, I think the amazing part about being there in person is you know, what I got to see was something that, you know, you don't see in the box score, you don't see in the advanced stats. And oftentimes it's hard to see when you're actually on TV and it's the intangibles, it's the body language, it's the conversations happening. And, you know, I'm really worried, not just because of the, what I saw on the court and what, what the vibe I got, but it's bubbling to the surface after one of the worst losses I've ever seen. Ronan, like I've I haven't seen not not in person just ever one of the worst losses I've seen by a good team to let the Bulls 
down 19, two minutes left in the third, allow a 58 to 19 run, zero defensive rebounds in the fourth. And then (laughs) the Jays don't want to talk afterwards. Yudoka's got no real responses for why they imploded. And then Marcus Smart goes on to have the slight condescending remarks he had about how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are learning to be new pastors. They just need to pass more. Things would be great. But I, I, I don't know where to begin with this, but it's tremendous disappointment for a team that should, again, we've said it over and over again, should be looking towards a championship, not mediocrity. They're not even there yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've, they've, the way they've started two and five, the collapse rest of balls is just, was just dreadful. And then, you see those comments from Smart afterwards. That that just compounds the the, the feeling that you have watching the seventy six or not the seventy six, it's the Celtics. And it, there's just something about the atmosphere within the group. And Smart seems to be a big part of that sort of negative atmosphere. I don't know if that's just me, but I always think of him as kind of the the, the push guy, the kind of guy who'd be hyping everyone up and making the big defensive plays, and that's the the kind of guy you want. But at the moment in Boston, it, it just he see he seems to be a bit of an issue for me. Not that he's wrong, maybe about about Tatum and Brown. They they definitely have to be more willing to uh, to share the ball. But guys, they brought in that were going to be meant to be scorers, like the likes of Schroeder and Richardson. They just have been nothing so far. So you can't really blame Tatum and Brown for yeah. going off like they do. Listen, that's the first thing I was going to say of many things I have to say to that. But the first thing I'm going to say is, so you want the sixth and seventh best scorers in the league right now to pass to Jason Richardson or Dennis Schroeder? Are you kidding? <laughs> like, that's the first problem with this right now is the lineups that were out there were not conducive for, I mean, who are they supposed to pass to? Realistically, I mean, maybe there's, Maybe there's room for them to run actions off each other, or maybe that's where I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of different answers for it. But first and foremost, the lineups that they have without sh- real shooting threats on the perimeter are terrible. The Bulls are able to triple team, double team, and they're forced to pass. And if not, what why are they, they going to let up an isolation bucket when they were hitting those? If you look at those specific situations where Marcus Smart was – quote unquote, relegated to the perimeter, relegated to the corner and Tatum and Brown were tasked with leading the offense. They scored 18 points on nine possession on 10 possessions. That's good for 108, 180 points for a possession, which would be the best offense of all time times hundred. And I, I just don't, I don't think that you can say something like that and be off. You can't be the team leader and specifically break down a part of Brown and Tatum's game and be wrong about it, man. Like that, that's such a, that's such a bad look on so many levels, not because, you know, he was out of his mind for the general, the general subject of passing more and, and, and having a more dynamic offense. That's a discussion to be had, but specifically him not having the ball in his hands and having it in Brown and Tatum's hands. That was not something that, you know, it was, it was like the wrong person saying it in the wrong situation blamed for a game that was overall lost because of, you know, energy, effort, team defense, and chemistry on the offensive end. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you think back a couple of years ago, think back even maybe, was it Tatum's rookie season where they brought the the, the LeBron James Cavaliers to, to seven games? Was, was that Tatum's yeah. rookie year? Yeah, that you was... Think the way they looked then, and you think, okay... I, Two, three years down the line, these guys are going to be serious contenders. And now it's all just kind of blown up. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know when we panic, but it, it's, it's almost I, I almost have the opposite reaction to what we're talking about to, to Dame and the Blazers, because have I seen any fundamental change from last year? And the answer is also no. But this time. That's a problem. They had a whole offseason to, you know, get their minds right, figure out what it, whatever their chemistry issue is, something. And, you know, Yudoka is going to have time to figure out coaching. But in terms of effort, in terms of 
defense that has still not been consistent. And that's not something that you just solve simply overnight with coaching. A lot of that's going to be personnel too, but there, there's something endemic to this team that is, I mean, it's killing the chemistry. It's killing their, their fight at the end of games. I, I don't know if this adds any context and it's such interesting timing for this report to come out, but a report from the athletic today talking about how Blake Griffin strongly considered signing with the Celtics, but did not because he was specifically told to by someone on the Celtics saying that the culture had just completely disintegrated. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but it's another sign that there's a lot of smoke here. Yeah. I, I think I, there's fire. I, I think there's, there's, uh, there's something seriously fundamentally wrong with the culture in Boston. It's been going on probably for the last year. And it's still there now, despite the, the the additions to the roster, despite the coaching change. And for me right now, watching Boston, I think I, I think it's already, I think if there's time to panic. This is not just growing pains under a new coach or anything like that. There are some fundamental issues, and t- it's time to panic a bit in Boston. So, I mean, here's, here's the, the question. The bigger question is not just panic, but is it an overreaction? For anyone to begin to explore the thought, do we blow this team up? And when I say blow things up, you trade one of Brown or Tatum for a different star, for a new start, for a, not a rebuild, but a retool. I would say anyone saying that you just trade either of them and you get picks and you try and restart, like you try to, that, that is the most egregious overreaction, but I've been starting to think, you know, because you argue with a bunch of people who I think are overreacting, but maybe it's not to think about doing something drastic just to shake things up. It is definitely too soon right now, but is even letting that thought enter your mind right now? Is that an overreaction? Yeah, I'm going to say it's not crazy, but it would have to be an ideal trade that they work out they have to they have to really research this and make sure that they don't completely fuck it up really it would be such a it would be such a nightmare if they ended up trading one of them and it just didn't it just completely destroyed the team what 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 if it meant sending one of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and getting Damian Lillard What if both these teams are continuing to be completely – because those are the trades that, that make a little bit more sense. There's a little more parity between teams. There's there's And there's an argument where, you know, that the Blazers do want to look for the future, but they don't want to trade Dame. But, I mean, he is, quote-unquote, 10 toes down, and the Blazers really have built everything for him. But if things continue to be bad for both teams, and teams are calling the Blazers, calling the Blazers, and you know they're not going to offer much for a team that's struggling, but – Another team that's equally struggling, like the Celtics, will be able to offer pretty equal value. I think that's that's a tough part for a lot of these star trades is that teams do not want to lose stars for what is inevitably going to be lower value. But for these two teams, that might happen. I mean, this, this is a crazy and there's there's no rumors behind this. But I, I think if both of them continue on this path, you know, it might make sense. Maybe possibly a Brown for Beal trade might say. Uh... Might be a little bit more of some something. Uh... That, that too, that too. I mean, if, if they if they have issues with ball movement, um, yeah, I'm sure that Beal <laughs> will, will fix all that. Um, but ball but ball movement it, in on the opposite end of the spectrum. Another team I'm a little panicking about that was super hard is Luka Doncic's Mavericks, and I, I, I want to start here when it comes to the Mavs because it comes down to a couple of things. Their personnel that exist right now and Jason Kidd, who we've already thought about, all right, well, what is Jason Kidd's identity going to be with this team? What is he going to do to change it? And how is he going to stop being um, what he's always been, uh, a bad NBA coach? And defense looks good. I won't lie. Defense looks good. But their offense looks very different. They've gone away from the simple five-out, spaced pick-and-roll, really just heliocentric offense around Luka Doncic to a lot of different looks, a lot of lineups where you're not having Doncic 
consistently have the ball in his hands. You're, you're having other guys like even Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, his, his usage has gone up from 11% to 16%. And you have guys like KP doing pick and rolls with, with, uh, with Dwight Powell. There's a lot of, a lot of interesting things he's implementing. And what it's led to is having this team that's been the best offensive rating team in league history go to now the worst shooting team in the league with Luka Doncic. I don't know if I panic, but I say at least I told you so in terms of kid and his ability to ruin heliocentric star players. That is uh, that, 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 that is fair. One thing I will say, it, it hasn't helped him that Luka has not really got going yet. He's still having big nags. He's still, he's still, I think, averaging around 24, 7 and 7, but He's not really got up to, to, to real serious Luca Luca levels yet. That, that'll come probably uh, in the, it, it, towards the next month or two. But the big worry for them is the fact that they're four and three, which you think is, is a solid enough start. But it's the games they lost. The three games where they really come up against teams that they'd be hoping to beat but not expected to beat. The Hawks, they lost by 26. The Nuggets, they lost by 31. And then the Heat uh, last night, they lost by 15. The teams that are going to be expecting to be challenging for conference finals, NBA finals this year, Dallas is really struggling against. And that's 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 a big worry for them because they made this coaching change. They got kid in, but it appears they're just set up for yet another first round exit. And that's that's not good enough because this is the third year. They've had back-to-back years where they've gone close. Luca's been lights out in the playoffs, and this is meant to be the year where they got this. Uh, they may change to the roster. They've got a new coach in. This is going to be the year that they really kick on, but at the moment, it's looking like it's going to be another first-round exit for me. Yeah, and you're talking about the disappointment, uh, panicking about a disappointment by not advancing to the second round, not advancing to the Western Conference Finals. And I have some legitimate concerns about them even regressing, not even saying the same, because they're four and two right now. Their wins come against Toronto, Houston, San Antonio, and Sacramento, where they've had to claw back. And credit to the defense again. I mean, they, they've had some really good switchy defenses that kid has put out there. But um, and a little asterisk to that, those defensive lineups that were really killing it late in games were without KP. They were without oh, yeah. Przingis, and they were able to be mobile on defense, something that KP, we all know now. I mean, that's not something you can do. But those teams are garbage, and they got blown out so badly against Atlanta and Denver that they have the fifth worst point differential in the league, despite being four and two, like the, those, I think those losses were much more indicative of the wins they had against bad teams that four and two does not four indicate three, four and three or they four, four they and three. Miami now, yeah. Last night. yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm not in account for that year, but <laughs> I, I think they're going to be a 500 team until something dramatically changes. Um, and you, you did make a point about the shooting slumps. Everyone's basically in a shooting slump right now. So, you know, things can definitely change. But when you say, has the product fundamentally changed? And it absolutely has. They are not the same Luka Doncic, ball in your hands every time, make the defender look silly as you have four shooters out on the wings and have a spread pick and roll where he can cook the way he can. That's not the formula anymore. Kid is trying to do something that in concept, I actually agree with. I mean, I, I want to see there be more variety in their offense. Luca can do amazing things uh, off the ball that we haven't seen yet. I, I believe that for as good of a rhythm shooter, he is, you'd be even better off the ball shooting. I mean, if you had another creator beside him, that would be amazing to have both of them play off of each other, but guess what? You can't because they don't have another creator. That, that was the hope for Brunson, but he's just, he's not, he's just not quite there. He's yet. off the bench. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love, I love him as a, as a bench guy. He's a, he's really, I mean, we, we talked about, I hyped him up last year because he's one of the best finishers in the league, mm-hmm. but they don't have anybody else to help create for him. Again, Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, and talk, talk of getting Dragic in if he gets bought out. I think mm, that's, yeah, that's, I, that's sort of yeah, yeah. I, I really 
man, would that be a steal if he gets bought? I mean, he's been getting DNPs. Um, I love what the Raptors are doing up there, but DNPs for guy like Dragic, if he gets bought out and the Mavs pick that, that would be a godsend. It'd be a godsend for this team because they really, really need playmaking to implement that. And I, I'm, I am worried about the defense too, because when KP comes back, they're not going to be able to go to those switchy lineups and you know, their, their first quarters. I mean, they, they can't start having KP Doncic and Tim Hardaway Jr. on the same floor. Like th- their defense just don't survive that. They've lost by four points, an average of four points, every single first quarter that they've played. And I, I don't know where they go lineup wise. I still felt like they should have made more moves in the off season, but I guess full panic. No, but told you so. I, I, I don't, I don't like what kid has done with the offense so far. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree. I think I'd be, I'd probably be leaning towards a bit more of the panic just because of what I'm seeing with KP. It, 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 I mean, Porzingis apparently before the coaching change, he was saying, all right, let's let, find me a new home. I think it's, it's not working out here. I want out. Then they get kid in, and apparently he's Mr. Happy. He's delighted again. He's fully healthy. But now it appears that for the most part, he's being benched because he went out of that game. Uh, I'm not sure who it was against, but uh, with lower back tightness. And then kid comes out and says that he's absolutely fine after the game, but we haven't seen him play since. And there's, there's, there's talk <laughs> that, that they could be, they could be looking to, to find a trade for him, but because even when he's been on the court this year, he hasn't he hasn't been performing at all. He's not he's not comfortable whatever way uh, kid is trying to work the new offense. And Maxi Kleber's actually been their their most productive big, which Porzingis seeing that it's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty grim reading for for himself. And he really should he should have a chip on his shoulder and make sure he gets when he gets back on the court that he shows some sort of uh, potential as what he's meant to be in this team, which is the second star. I mean, it, look, man, that that's, that's, uh, that's your ex right there. That, that's KP. That's, that's former's Nick legend. That's a guy you built everything around and you wanted to see work, but I mean, the, the rose colored glasses are off now, right? Like I don't, oh, yeah. I don't see it. I don't see a future for him as a true second star. I, I don't see it. And I, I think he's had plenty of chances to prove it despite injuries. And I haven't even seen flashes of it yet. Mm. I, I, I don't feel confident and he hasn't developed. He's marginally improved as a, as a post player. And he's still mostly relegated to just being this, this deep three point shooting threat. And that, that has its value for sure. But in terms of what they've expected from him, I don't think so. Um, I, I'd say they've got better return return on investment from bringing a, another next legend, Frank Nittleclina. <laughs> I'll never say his last name right, but but Frank the Tank man, he, he's he's looked pretty impressive in the minutes he's got from uh, from the Mavs. Well, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a contributor on on the defensive end. That's there's no 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 doubt about that. Anyway, he's always been a good uh, a good defensive guard, which. It's always, always, always a plus for any team, really. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think I thought that was going to be a Tibbs staple. I mean, they have a lot of, a lot of good, uh, a lot of good shooters now on the Knicks, but I thought he would have been a guy that Tibbs would have loved to throw out there and just uh, throw that defense around. But hey, you'll, you'll never know. You'll never know. Health, health was a big problem for him. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. As the season heats up, we'd love to connect over social media and carry out the conversation with you, fan. You can find us on Instagram at coast2coast00 and Twitter at coastmba. Hit our DMs with any topics you want to discuss and join the conversation today. Now, back to the rest of the episode. So, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of disappointments. Um, 
and I have a feeling a lot of them are going to work out. You know, these are star teams. These are big, these are big names, big players, big time players will figure it out. And let's talk about some positives. Should we be too cautious about some of these impressive starts? Are we buying or selling these guys? I want to talk about Cole Anthony first. This is your guy from last year. You really, really liked him. And I was not really sold. For me, for the Magic, you got your known quantity in Jalen Suggs. That's your prospect you're building around for years. And then you have your former blue chip prospect in Markel Fultz, who you got for pennies and a Philly cheese stamp sandwich. And he's looking like he's starting to – he looks like a star without a jump shot. Um and it seems like the 76ers are just ripe with those these days. Um, and <laughs> but I'm surprised that Cole Anthony coming out here this year, he's averaging career highs, uh, obviously, second year, 19.4 points, 5.6 assists, 7.6 rebounds. I mean, this dude has a rebound rate of a top 10 percentile center. He's shooting 45% from two. More impressively, he's shooting 45% from three. And here's, here's a stat. I, I think you'll like this. He's right now, Cole Anthony, right now in the NBA, he's the second best pull-up jump shooter in the league mm-hmm. behind Kevin Durant. You're shaking your head. You 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 read this too, man. Mm-hmm. I I was shocked, but the, the shots that he's putting in were just like jaw-dropping, jaw-dropping. Kevin Durant's a 57% pull-up jump shooter and right now Cole Anthony shooting 51% overall and he's 56% on three-point pull-ups like that like talking about Dame that's some that's Dame level stuff right there and right now he's six of ten on step back threes just the pure difficulty of the shots he's taken where he has the team's best defender on him I'm like I am shocked I, I don't know whether to buy or sell or sell everything so that I can buy. Like it's, it's just been an unbelievable start. Oh man, I'm, I'm totally buying here. I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Cola. It, this is what I thought we, I was going to see a bit more of in his rookie year. He had injuries. It was playing in a, in a struggling team. It was never a great, uh, not a great team to come into in your rookie year. But again, of course the magic are still struggling. They're still a young team. They're still a team that are, they get to figure out their, their identity, but, the way he's playing out there, he's really showing what I thought he was going to be from from uh, when he entered the year as a rookie. I mean, he's got four games so far with twenty four plus points, and he's really covering up for Suggs, who's had a had a difficult start in his, in his rookie year. And I'm sure Anthony will probably have a bit of sympathy for him, given that he uh, he went sort of the same way. But anytime you are in the same conversation when it comes to shooting to Kevin Durant. You are doing something right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, maybe we can, we should have expected it. I mean, he's playing just like the guy that you'd expect with the accolades of a former high school um, star. He was a FIBA gold medalist, McDonald's All American MVP, five star recruit, voted best point guard in his 2019 class. I mean, everything points towards he should have been an amazing player. So hey, this is who he is. And to see him next to Jalen Suggs, we know who he is. We know his pedigree. We know what both those guys are about. You know they have the intangibles to be leaders on a team and to be – I mean, I, I think Cole Anthony too. I mean, defensively, he's looked good. I mean, not, not just the rebounding, but his hustle too. He's leading the team right now in loose balls. I mean, fun, fun little, little stat pad there. But I, I think that, you know, I although this Magic team is built to lose – um, so tough loss for uh, the streaky Timberwolves there, um, but to lose against a team like the Magic. But I, I think I'm buying just based on who this guy was, who he is. I think I can bet right now who's going to be. Yeah, I'm with you. I think okay, there's one one down, and we're both buying. Who who we got next? I got to put Tyler here, oh man. What, what do you what do you think? This is I'm putting all your guys on the block here. You're gonna <laughs> you know be out of money by the end of this. I told, you, <laughs> I told you this at the start of the season. You did, you did. He was gonna be right up there in terms of sixth man of the year. He's really gonna kick on coming off the bench, and that is exactly what he's doing. He's 22, six and four. He's shooting above 40 percent from three. Effective field goal percentage of 55. And most impressively, he's got 
157 points off the bench through seven games, which is the most since the 1989-1990 season, which is a, that's a pretty good going. I mean, the guy, that's he, all right. Yeah. He, he's going off, <laughs> coming off the bench in each game. He's, he's already got four 25 plus games. The team are six and one, five straight double digit wins. Miami is looking hot. They've got three players averaging 20 points and Hero is a huge part of that. They, they didn't even do that with uh, the big three. Not to say, I don't know if that's going to stick, but that it, the way they've been scoring has blown my mind. I and mean, for Tyler Hero, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy it. The only reason I, I don't buy it is just because I, I feel, I feel disappointed. I still have that taste from going from the bubble and then seeing him regress last year, but you know, when it comes to confidence, this kid has it. This kid has it. He's not afraid. And the way that he's been attacking the paint, too. I mean, I, I think he's been much better getting into the paint. And, I mean, his touch on his floaters, I mean, looks like a seasoned vet. His ability to probe the defense and pick and roll has looked more polished. And with his patience and his aggression and his pure confidence, I I'm starting to talk myself out of it. It's hard not to when the dude's average at 22 points a game. But even a bigger surprise, calling me a hater, but I was absolutely not seeing what the Miami Heat are going to do. And then all of a sudden you got P.J. Tucker raining threes from the corner like you haven't seen him do in three years. And all of a sudden, you know, everything's changed. Marcus Morris looks like Kobe Bryant. And <laughs> Dwayne Dedman brought back from the dead. You're looking like Tim Duncan. And that – for them to be averaging 20 points among the among three players and Kyle Lowry's not even playing well yet, it's it's unreal. I I I don't know. Are you surprised by it? Because I, I I just I just didn't see it. I'm I didn't see it. I couldn't believe it. But I did I did tell you uh, as well that Marcus Morris was gonna was gonna add a few a few bits to this team. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but I'm not. I'm a bit surprised at just how unbelievable they have been but I'm not surprised that they're succeeding and I'm not surprised that the guys who are putting up the points and the guys who are, are starting for them are, are doing that. I mean, Jimmy Butler's had a great start hero. Oh yeah. You know, I'm all about him. Bam's just doing bam things and it's, they're doing all this and, and Larry still hasn't really got going yet, which I think is kind of the scariest thing about it. But just talking hero, you know, I'm all in. I'm, I'm absolutely buying that. He give the, give him the sixth man of the year right now. I'm, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sleep on you know if if you have Jimmy Butler in a conversation the MVP better come up if they keep playing like this yeah and he's been he's been among the league's most efficient players best two-way player for years now um it's been tough for him to make make it all the way to that point but this team is really, I mean, the, the character and heart of this team just beats with Jimmy Butler and you see it every game. Um, but, you know, I'm not surprised with the defense, man. I'm not surprised with the team's success. I mean, I expected them to do this well. But for them, so for them to be the best defense in basketball, they're the number one in defensive rating, number one in defensive rebound percentage, second opposing points in the paint, lowest opposing rebounding percentage, blah, 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 everything. Did they have the second best offense in the basketball? That's the surprise. Like, I, I still can't wrap my, heads around, my head around it. And as I'm watching these games, it feels like they're having the best game of their life every single game except for Kyle Lowry. Mm -hmm. And – I don't know how sustainable that is. I, I don't think that's sustainable. Um, and they, they got the best scoring margin right now, 17, near 17 points. For them to be third in true shoot, I, I don't see them without the shooting, especially with Duncan Robinson being in the just terrible slump he's been in. For, for them to be the seventh best three-point shooting team without Duncan Robinson playing well, maybe that's a sign it's improved, but it, it just seems kind of – Kind of fluky. The free throws are still going to stay there, being third and attempts and percentage. I think that the fast break is going to be there, being second and fast break points per game. That, that's going to stick. But uh, I mean, the, the three point shooting is going to regress maybe a little bit. But maybe I underestimated how how good of a, a shooting team this is outside of Butler and outside of Bam. 
And if, if PJ Tucker actually knows how to shoot a corner three now, mate, that changes a lot, but it's, it's shocking. It certainly is. But just, just in terms of hero, what's your call? You buy, are you buying or sell them? Yeah, I just buy the confidence. I buy the confidence and I, I'm afraid of the just collapse you saw from the beginning of the season last year. But just like we said, second-year players get figured out. They get on the scouting report. They get pressured. I think having him have a consistent role coming off the bench and seeing how he he just feels comfortable where he is. Uh, I'm cautiously buying. Not all in. I'm cautiously okay. buying. All right. Six I'm man of the year. Tell, tell Melo that. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly will. All right. And. Who, who have we got next? Are, are, are we going Miles Bridges? Yeah. 36 minutes a game, having the year of his life. I mean, what more can you say? He's been unbelievable. Eastern Conference Player of the Week, throwing down every dunk that you saw him do last year, but doing a lot more on ball. And that's been something nobody expected. I mean, you saw pieces of it last year, but – you think you get a little bit more of that out of a, uh, out of Hayward, and obviously with with injury issues, you're you're not going to be sure how consistent that's going to be. But it's I've been impressed with how he's been on ball, and his shooting has continued to stay elite. I I, I think we got to expect that from him at this point after the performances he had last year. Yeah, he's been awesome. I'm not going to go lie. Twenty three points, eight boards. Yeah. Just under two steals and a block a game. I think he has been one of the standout players so far this season, and he's been a huge part of uh, the Hornets' great start. But I'm just not. I'm gonna say I'm selling. I'm selling on this one. I just think that while things are good, I think he's gonna stay hot. But I think his his overall form is gonna depend a lot on Lamelo and just the general team form. I think. When things are a bit rougher for Charlotte, when they go to a bad spell, I don't see him stepping up. I see Lamelo and Hayward being the kind of the drivers then. But he's had a great start. But I, I just don't, I just don't think it's sustainable for him, and that's why I'm gonna have to say I'm selling here. Come and take. Well, we'll talk in two weeks. Talk in a month. Um, but the minutes will be tough. The, the minutes will be tough. I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm not buying just because I need to see it consistently. But I think that the difference in in his ability to create with the dribble um, and, and for him to remain, I mean, yeah, he's only shooting 34% from three, but on way increased volume, way increased volume. And he's, he's still, he's still a great catch and shoot player right now. And I think Hayward's injuries in the same way that it improved, it helped Tatum have opportunities. I mean, that maybe that's a good thing for Bridges. He's going to have plenty of opportunity because the question is who outside of Hayward and LaMelo are going to be offensive drivers of this team. And Bridges has shown he can do that. And there's other threats on this team that, that could, you know, come in the way and, and take that away from him, but he's stayed pretty, he, he stayed looking impressive with the ball in his hands. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's can't, can't, I can't, can't, can't disagree with you there, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I just can't, cause can't get get a uh, get, get committed to him. But uh, I know a guy you'll commit to. We'll both commit to. This is gonna be a short one, but man, John Moran. Okay, yeah, John Moran. Uh, bye, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Put all my money in him. Happy days. There we go. <laughs> Where. I, I need to start looking into uh, to player stocks. I, it seems like such a scam. It, it's weird that we're buying electronically traded stocks and players. But <laughs> if anyone bought at the end of last year where it seemed like he was a couple years off, it seemed like Jao was a couple years away from being an elite creator without a jump shot. And uh, yeah, he's shooting 38% on threes on 5.6 a game. That's precisely what I'd, I'd expect from him at his best, like career best. So if this is what he's doing right out of the gate, and not, none of this feels fluky, he's doing it within the flow of the game, and we've harped on this a lot, I, it's, it's time to buy. Where, where do we start to rank him as, 
as a point guard in the league if this is his production. And so on 28 points a game, 7.7 assists, 1.7 steals. I mean, his free throw rate has improved. He's shooting better from the line. And this guy's emerging right before our eyes. We got to wake up. Yeah, 100%. I think uh, everything has just been awesome. I think I, I said before on the pod about him appearing to be playing with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, talking about how he had the average uh, 30 plus points before uh, before re- people really started noticing him as uh, one of the one of the top players in this league. But the guy's obviously oozing with confidence. He's he seems to have figured out one of arguably his own, his only offensive uh, weakness, weakness in, in the <laughs> shot. And at this moment, you're probably saying. Top eight is he? Would he be a top eight point guard in this league point at guard? the moment? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, we'll we'll have to we'll have to jump into rankings some other time. Um, so I don't say anything stupid on air here. But I I've been pleasantly surprised to now really just like my my mind is going to the ends of where his game continues to evolve. If the, if this is who he is, if he's if he's really shooting off the bounce here, like it's not out of the question. If this is his current place as a shooter i mean the 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 pull-up threes continue and they get better who knows if if his step back three gets there if he continues to shoot in motion like his his potential as a shooter if if this is what he does and if he can continue to improve that form i mean it's lights out yeah they're all just playing in second to cole anthony you know (laughs) (laughs) hey if cole anthony can do it i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to jaw but i'm buying all of that i'm buying all stock I wish I drafted him and I, I have just regrets across the board and, and what I bought in our, in our fantasy league here. I don't even want to look half of the week. How, how are you doing actually? Uh, not, not great. I'm, I've, I've, I've lost both my opening, my opening fixtures. I think uh, <laughs> it's I think, a bad, it's a bad look for coast to coast that, that, uh, that I, our league we're, we're pretty low in our rankings. Here. Yeah. And I feel like I'm only winning in turnovers and uh, points scored. Usually outside <laughs> of that, I think I, I lose in every other stat. You just got a bunch of bums that don't want to touch the ball anyway. So yeah. you're not really getting turnovers. Yeah. That's, it's not, not really working out for me, but tonight, I, I didn't. I didn't get to talk. We didn't got to talk too many uh, bulls, bulls, nick, or bulls, nicks. I, I guess we need a little break from it. But maybe we need. Maybe, maybe our listeners need need a break for for once. Uh, that uh, I don't really want to talk Knicks. I, I, after watching that game against Toronto, that was uh, that was a that was a rough watch. But hopefully that was just a one off. They were just a little bit tired or something. They get the, They got a chance to bounce back tonight on the road against Indiana. Hopefully they get the job done. They prefer playing on the road anyway. They haven't they haven't really got to the level where they can handle the garden just yet. Yeah, I, I think I think they're gonna destroy the the Pacers. I think their their defense is is gonna really overwhelm them. But buying and selling, it, it feels a little bit like you're selling Randall. You're selling Randall. I, I you you went from from Randall is MIP future star to maybe he's not the best player on this team in two years. Oh, hey, he was, he was totally the most improved player. He, he's still going to be this, the, the best player on this team, I think. It's just the things that I'm seeing is he's probably at the peak. What His season last year is probably going to be the peak for his career. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a great player he's going to be a very good player he's going to be a very good player for this next team but things I'm seeing early in this season would make me just think that he's just not going to be capable of making that extra jump to being one of the great players to being the guy who's going to lead a team back towards the top end of the Eastern Conference unfortunately it's just Lacks of days ago stuff it's his turnovers it's lack of scoring down the stretch it's all the four shots you got to trust your teammates sometimes. I think he's struggling to adjust to being the prime offensive threat, really. I think teams are obviously, to, as the season progressed last year, teams were, were starting to double team him more because they knew he was just the Knicks everything. And But now this year, they're doing it to a better level, it seems. And it's too many times that he's not not kicking out. He's, he's choosing to try and force up a shot. And it's just, it's yeah. just not good enough. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's naive play from him. I feel that a lot. Like he, his gravity decreases when he continues to take 
some just really tough turnaround shots. I mean, his mid-range game has really improved. But there's so many times when, depending on the flow of the game, he's not even the best offensive option on the floor. You got plenty of guys. Yeah. Even when you have Fournier, Rose, Kemba, even the way Barrett's looked, speaking of buying, he's looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's looked fantastic. Um, that, we'll, we'll see where we're at in a couple of weeks because I, I think he deserves even – a little bit more of a sample size because I think he's just starting to get in the hot streak here. But yeah, there's so many options now with the Knicks that little things like that, I think will tune up as those things tune up over the year and, and deciding who's taking shots within the flow of the game, who's got it going and what situation. I mean, that is something that a team that has a lot of new faces here will get better at as the season goes on. Um, And the team who, I think is really figuring that out now too, as a Bulls. You got a lot of new faces. You're not really sure who's taking it on and you got a challenge here at the 76ers tonight. Um, right now, actually, so we're run run out of here to, to get on and see <laughs> that. But with Embiid there, we'll see how we can defend in the post. But if we can get another performance like that out of DeMar, out of Levine, get those guys cooking 60 points a game, we're not going to lose. Not a chance. Probably not, but I, I, I if if Embiid is out there and he's not uh, in pain, I think he's uh, he's gonna be dominating yeah. uh, Vooch inside. This will be a Tony Bradley revenge game. <laughs> That's uh, Embiid is you know Tony Bradley's biggest biggest fan, biggest Tony Bradley advocate out there. Hey, well, we'll 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 see how it goes. Hopefully, your your run. Uh, your run can continue. I guess uh, the Knicks are the only team that can beat you guys, yeah? Yeah, that, that would make you guys the best team in the league. <laughs> but, well, guys, thanks for joining us tonight. That's going to be all. We're going to be hopefully getting on, talking some more Knicks wins, talking some more Bulls wins, talking about Dame getting things back in order. Well, maybe we'll buy and sell a little bit more. Um, definitely going to talk some R.J. Barrett. Maybe we need more time to talk about that guy. But as always – Thanks for joining us as we continue to go coast to coast, continue to just love every moment of this season, man. I've, I've loved breaking down basketball again. Everything feels so fresh. New rule changes make everything so fun too. And the way the East has been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And, and let, let's just hope it keeps going in the, in the same light and uh, it only gets better from here. Take care, man. Peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.